Hi, I'm Ulysses, and this is Music, Meaning, and Mystery Podcast. The aim of this podcast is to explore the mystery of music in order to valorize it. Today, we have a discussion with Richard Wygant. Richard is a punk rock musician. He specializes in punk rock songs for kids. He is also a writer and something of a punk rock philosopher or punk rock priest. You will find Richard's material at punkrockerdad.com. So tell us what your book is about. It's partly about uh, um, how you saved your life with music, but uh, we'd like to know uh, why your life needed saving and where, where you came from and all that. Well, yeah, my book, it's, uh, it's an autobiography. Uh, and it's, it, it, it tells the story, my story, which uh, is something that happened really early in my life uh, when the Pope from the, the Roman Catholic Church, he prohibited Iron Maiden to play in Chile in 1992. And I was always like a big fan of Iron Maiden, something that really touched my heart. And I, I started, I was already having trouble at home, like emotionally trouble, because I was a sensitive kid and I cried a lot. And uh, at I that point in time, you were living in Chile? I was living in Brazil. I was living in Brazil. Okay, okay. Yeah. But because, happened, because the country is close, it, that affected you? Is that why? Or? Well, it's well, it's kind of because I was going to that, you know, the whole emotional thing at home. And Iron Maiden helped me, you know, yes. like a lot of it. And I felt bad because I was like, man, can you imagine how many people would benefit from watching Iron, Man, uh, Iron Maiden live that probably they're going to the same things that I'm going through at home. I see. And, and I, I got mad because of like, it's not fair, you know, like it's just music and it's something that a lot of people will benefit from it. And you can just take it from, from people like that. So I, I kind of took it personally in a way uh, because it's, it was like something that I was a huge fan and I was like, it's not fair. I know I didn't go to the show because I was really young on that time. And I did my my mom didn't want to take me because she took to me to took me one to, to a concert before, but she got so scared that she wanted to leave early. So we left early. And for Iron Maiden, she didn't want to take me to, to that concert. So I didn't go anyways, but I just thought of like this is not fair. And I actually got in trouble because when I heard on TV, the Pope saying that, you know, it was canceled. I got mad that I cost him out. Like I use it like a really bad word and I got in trouble. Okay. So that thing with the whole emotional thing that I was going at home, it became huge in my mind to a point that I was like, okay, maybe I am evil for liking this kind of, kind of music. Sounds like you were in a pretty uh, intensely religious environment when and then the words of the pope were carried weight for you in your life because of that environment you also 
had a very spiritual connection to the band Iron Maiden that helped you spiritually for your own soul for for whatever reason. You can go into those reasons if you want. But then there was a conflict between these two perspectives where one was outlawing the other. And when the Pope was forbidding Iron Maiden, he for you, he was forbidding a medicine. Yes, yes, uh, he was. He was. Well, I, I believe a lot of in energy and I'm, I'm a breaking master. For me, it was like he was preventing a lot of people to feel that joyful energy that Iron Maiden brings into it. That, well, for me, that, you know, that something that touches my soul so deeply of like he's preventing a lot of people to feel uh, feel that. And that's not cool. And, and then I, I explained to my brother once, like when I started to talk about depression and writing about the book, I explained to my brothers like, First, I had my mom. It's not that my mom was a super religious that we went to church Everest, but we went to church a few times. And, you know, you have a crucifix in your house. And then you go to school, there's a crucifix of a guy that was supposedly dead watching you over and over again. So every single place that you go, there's these crosses. And, and you know, like on a 12-year-old that you've been baptized, you've been brought to this life as you know like you need to believe in that your whole family everything points at you to believe in that and then the biggest authority of that uh, uh spiritual religion say like yeah this is evil and i'm canceling like when you hear stuff like that you like you know but it touches me so deeply makes me feel so good about it you know like why is it evil that's when i was 12 at that time and then Everything went spiral on that. I was like, maybe I'm just an evil kid because on top of that, skateboarding was a crime. Mm. You know, like uh, we were seen as as criminals pretty much. And and then you start putting one and one together. It's kind of like, okay, maybe I'm just an evil person, you know? Mm. And I started like, well, maybe hell is awaiting me or, or whatever. Right. On that time, I had friends that were like, oh, Jesus is coming back. He's going to save all of us, except for you guys. I used to have a friend that used to tell me that Jesus was coming back with a train and all the metalheads were going to stay and burn. And Goodness. we were going to, to, yeah, we were, and they were going to be saved because they, they were nice people. They didn't listen to Iron Man. They didn't skateboard. And it's like, so for me, it was like, it was, it was painful. And then being a sensitive child, which sensitive the way I see sensitivity, it's especially in child, in kids, it's more like a spiritual connection. It's like he's a little bit more sensitive to certain energies. And it's not that it's good or bad. It's just like, well, maybe the energy was heavy. And, you know, like my intuition was always strong. For example, my, my grandpa passed away when I was uh, between six and seven years old. And that day we were supposed to go to the club, to the pool. We were having lunch. My my grandpa started to choke. Immediately, my intuition came came into my mind. It's like, if he dies today, are we still going to the club? And then I was like, what is, you know, like, what that means? And then I started feeling bad because it's like, I knew it that he was going to pass. He stood up. He said, like, I'm going to lay down. And he went to bed, slept, and passed away. And then that was like, okay. And that was before the Pope thing. So, I already had like, because I had these intuitions, these deja vus that happened to me as a kid I that I never told anybody that I was just scared because, you know, like 
the music that I liked was already bad. And then skateboarding was already bad. If like, if I tell my parents that I listen to things or I have intuition that I know things are going to happen, they're going to put me in a straight jacket, you know, in a second. So I got like, it became a snowball in my life that, you know, I came to understanding pretty much at 40 years old, but Mm. it just became like a snowball. I was like, okay, I'm pure evil. You know, like everything that I like, it's wrong. And I had these voices in my head kind of guiding me to with my intuition it's like what's going on mm-hmm. so i just became a really quiet person we're gonna get back to your story but i think that's an important point to open up it, it definitely has to do with my book this idea that there is you can call them a class of people or certain kind of people that have those kinds of experiences that are oriented towards reality in in a way that's not widely recognized at least in within certain contexts right it sounds to me like a part of the problem was that you had no point of reference for the experiences that you were having uh, so you withdrew within yourself you didn't outside of you the world was Um, you felt like the world was telling you that the way that you were naturally inclined was not good or non-existent or anything or something like that. So it sounds to me, you know, not having a sense of belonging or not being able to be who you are, uh, be of value to your community was, was something that was causing some sort of illness, right? And uh, I've been doing a lot of research into... Uh, shamanism and how um, one of the characteristics of shamanism that I I noticed, because there's a lot in common between shamanism and and certain people in our society. But one thing that's different is that uh, shamans aren't necessarily, at least like in at the beginning of shamanism, eventually when like tribal groups get large, the function changes. But at the beginning, the shaman isn't a, an authority in his community. He's integrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's just that he has a different uh, contribution than, than the others, right? They integrate the shaman's value in that way by recognizing a value that they don't necessarily generate. So the shaman can speak to the spirits and the shaman can heal illnesses and he can do you know, he can see into the other world in order to find out where the fish in the game are. And that's not necessarily what everybody in the tribe can do, but they don't reject him as a crazy person because he is able to contribute those things. Right. So um, I'm in my book, I'm trying to think of a class of musician that makes music in a way that's kind of connected to this human tradition of being able to transcend to to speak with other another world have a sense of energies or an intuition whatever you want to call it so so i'm thinking about how you managed to make that transition from feeling like alienated and withdrawn to embracing these gifts that you have and uh, and 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 providing value to your to yourself, to your family, and to the community. So that's what I'm interested in. How you went from feeling bad about those things to being a person who uh, 
uh, is of value because of those things. Mm, interesting. Yeah, because every once in a while I do tarot. And um, the lady that I did, she said, like, she asked me if I had any shamans in my life, in my family. And then I was like, I, I have no idea, you know. But one thing that happened with all that story, the way I see and then the way I explain uh, in my book, it's basically like this. I hit a point in life that was a, I was about 33 years old that I, I won a race. And I was like, that didn't change the way I felt. I still felt that I was like a piece of crap, pretty much. And then I thought like, well, maybe winning a race will make will make everything change. That, that's a marathon, a marathon race. Yeah, a, a triathlon. Marathon. Triathlon race, yeah. okay. And I wanted, like, it didn't change me. So, you know, like, I still was going to therapy, but I never really talked about my spirituality. I never really talked about anything that, because for me, I was like, okay, I'm convinced I'm going to go to hell, you know, like, this is what I like. It's like, I'm going to, you know, whatever it is that it's going to happen if I'm evil, this, like, I basically accept it. I used my intuition throughout life and, you know, like, trying to guide me to what to what to do. And especially, like, going to do Ironman, it was something that, um, that I had a dream and uh, I wanted, it was all intuitively that, you know, how I guided my life. And once my son was born, that really amplifies. Like he just went, you know, I started to talk about spirituality a little bit before he was born in therapy. But when he was born, that I was meditating next to him and a lot of coincidence was happening. It started to like, okay, I need to deal with this uh, for my own health. You know, uh, that's when I realized like, my health is about mind, body, and soul. And I've been keeping, I've been pushing my soul away from, uh, from a lot of time. And on that time, uh, he was, we, we used to live in Florida on that time. And uh, we used to live in West Palm Beach. But the, the hostel that he went to was Fort Lauderdale because it was a bigger hostel with more specialists because his case is so rare. So a lot of times I was driving back and forth and I was listening to a lot of music. A lot of those songs were coming out and starting to clear my mind and help me understand, you know, what, what I was going through and what kind of like I needed to do. I started to get insights from songs, then, uh, uh, then aligned with the meditations that I was doing with him in the hostel, aligned with the, the fact that I wanted to do a Reiki master course since 2012. And after he was born, I was like, well, this is the time to do. Because I even told my wife, like, we didn't know anything about it, his condition. It was totally a surprise when he was born. And then she was asking a lot of, like, herself, like, I was asking myself, like, what's going on? Like, why this is happening? And until one day I told her, like, listen, if you want to find any answers for this, it's going to be only spiritually. And that's when I just let myself go and say, like, I really need to deal with this so yeah. I can be in a good energy so I can help him, you know, and I have this this philosophy of if I'm empowered, I can empower people around me, which I notice as a coach that it happens because I notice, like, once one person change, their whole household start changing. For okay. example, I had athletes that came to me and it's like, well, I need to eat better. I need to do this. And then they started eating better. And then the whole house started eating better. And 
some of his friends are started getting into a better vibrational. Like, and then I started to notice this. And then with my family, I said, okay, I was, I knew that I was depressed. I just didn't know why. I had a lot of anger and fear and I didn't really know why. I was like, I need to access this so I can empower my, my kids and my wife and we can all, you know, uh, grow from there. And it's not that I ever going to understand totally what, it's going on because I think this is part of this existence. We're not ever going to know everything because it's, it just can't, but at least I can understand part of it. So we can all, you know, grow. Cause for me, life, it's about, it's almost like a school for, for the soul. We are here to learn something. And that kind of clicks my whole purpose. <laughs> and when I found out that I was, I was depressed because of that, I said like, I can really leave, let the, the history repeat itself. And that's when the idea of making punk rock song for kids came into play. I said, like, well, if I do punk rock song for kids, kids can grow learning that this is not bad. This is like a way to express yourself, a way to, to dance. It's a ritual. It's a, 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 it's, it's a connection with something greater than you. Let's put it this way. Because like, I don't like to use the word God. Because I think it's really used for uh, uh, punishment than anything else. You know, it's a way to connect with something greater than you. And it, therefore, it shouldn't be seen or taught as something bad. It should, you know, be, be taught as something joyful. It's something that, you know, you can learn how to do things. You can create your own stuff. You can bring your own style. It's the same thing with skateboarding. Skateboarding, for me, it's not even a sport. It's art. It's the way that you need, you do new tricks, you do your own style. Uh, nothing is ever the same. You can do a trick uh, and somebody can do a, the same trick, but the style is going to be totally different. So it's nothing like set in a box. It's something like open it. I think, you know, like I think this is art. And I always, you know, I told my friend the other day, I think art and mediumship or maybe shaman, it, it, they are all interconnected you know because they're singing that because they're putting a reflection of something mm -hmm. uh, you know and then they're expressing themselves it's basically their souls expressing and of course someone is going to be like oh they're going to listen to the lyrics and they're going to be like oh that makes sense in my life in some way somehow mm. and then that song might help them go through some difficult phase you know just because somebody the saying that went through something similar, uh, uh, you know, they created that song with that feeling and mm. the person, you know, then that's what happened with me, basically. Mm. Like, for example, the 666, the number of the beast, the Iron Maiden song that said he needed to, to erase the memories of his mind. And that's what I, when I was starting to deal with my depression a little bit deeper, that's when I did with my inner child. So like, okay, let's deal with those crazy Tra uh, traumatic and hurtful memories and understand what you felt and why you felt and then work on it you know in this way uh, music kind of guide me to get out of the the funk that i was in pretty much mm -hmm. yeah it sounds like the key uh thing for you uh, in order to be able to integrate all your kind of like anomalous uh features was when you realized that you were responsible towards someone else and that cued you into 
seeing that part of yourself as something potentially uh, positive. Yeah. And then, and how to use who you are in order to help your family. So it's, it's being able to make a contribution kind of turned it around seems like for yeah. me. Am I well, understanding that correctly? Or? Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. And, and uh, uh, for example, a good story that I have to, the reason I started to do uh, punk rock songs for kids. It's not only because punk rock, uh, they, they talk a lot about inclusion in any way type, shape, type or form, uh, which, which is you know, one of the reasons why I like. And he also talks about society problems and things like that. But I think the main message that I get from its inclusion and him being in a wheelchair and stuff, I think it's important to talk about it. Also, the fact that his muscles, um, you know, like his condition, he has a lot of the type one fiber uh, uh, muscle, which is the endurance muscles, but the fast muscles are not uh, uh, totally uh, connected pretty well. So that's what it caused the problem. But therapy helps him. And one thing I noticed is fast music makes him move fast. Oh. And and, uh, and exercising those fast fibers is what makes him stronger and healthier. Oh, wow. and then, that's when I started to do therapy with punk rock songs for him, and he started <laughs> to move. And then now he got to the point that he's dancing his own song. So like the other day, I put him on the uh, uh, we put him on the on the swimming pool, which take the gravity out, so he moves more. And he was dancing wheels on a bus, like moving all his muscles. And it's a good therapy song. And then I was like, okay, this is, this is beyond, beyond just music. It's therapy. Yeah. And yeah. that's when I, Medicine. yeah. And then I said like, well, if, what if I make some punk rock songs for him that will make him stimulate him to move fast mm. this way, it will help him get stronger. Right. 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 That's exactly what I'm trying to figure out in my book, a new way, new ways of seeing music outside of entertainment, outside of distraction. And what you're talking about is goes at the core of what I'm discovering that what is the most fundamental use of music by human beings when you go back in history and it's, there's, there's medicine healing is, is the, the, the number one but also uh, contact with something greater than yourself. But those two are, those two things are related. Um, As an example, there's uh, the Altaian Altaian, uh, shamans. The way that they see illness is that illness is caused by some, uh, some issue with the soul. And sometimes the soul gets lost uh, or gets stolen into a spirit world by by bad spirits or it just simply is getting lost and when you talk about something like depression um i think and that's something that i'm familiar with um when you say if if you ask someone who's suffering from depression if they feel like they're they've lost their soul they would answer yes right it's definitely a way to describe it so the shaman needs to his special skill is to heal that person by retrieving the soul or retrieving the parts of the soul that are missing and the way that the shaman does that is that he sings a song he makes music uh, 
And it's because the shaman can't just grab the soul and bring it back. The, the soul will recognize the music. The soul is familiar uh, with that music. When, when the shaman sings, finds the soul and sings the song, the soul can come back home, back to where it belongs. So the, 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 the shaman sings the soul <laughs> back home. So I, I, that's like the fact that, that, in, that medicine and illness is cast in that spiritual, um, spiritual frame. Um, it means that uh, illness can be healed you on a spiritual level along with like herbal remedies and this sort of thing but there's always like a soul component to it and that's where the art the the music the poetry comes in and that's what connects us with something greater as a medicine as a medicine so when you talk about being able to improve your son's health with music and specifically music that is required for his medical condition that that to me is a fundamentally human use of music yeah and you're demonstrating that it's works it's it's true it's real well it's uh, i've got goosebumps now because that like the the reason it, it's funny you say all that because like i never study you know like i was a kind of guy like I didn't get along with in school a lot, not with people, but just like grades in general, like that that kind of stuff didn't really match me. And when I went to do Iron Man, I was always training in music. I didn't race with music, but I trained in music. And that's when I started getting a lot of the insights. But I when I tell my story, and then when I heard that, it's like last year, 2020, when the COVID came in, I was like, I was... Try, starting to learn the guitar and but I was still like very afraid and I went to on like a 40-day quest pretty much that I wrote every single day it's in my blog like I call the COVID 420 uh, because like I, I used to used to walk my dog every day at 420 and sometimes I would smoke and walk and listen to ACDC that's what I did and start thinking about stuff uh, uh, and that's when like everything started clicking to me uh, in like in a magical way. And I started understanding why I wasn't doing this stuff. And I claim like that. I, it felt like I got, I cut my soul back. I feel like, okay, now I got my soul. And then I went through this process that started like around March. And then on June, which June 21st is my birthday. I launched my first kid song that is called Mr. Sun, like Mr. Golden Sun, the famous kid song. And I made it a punk rock version of that. So, and that's when, when I was like, it felt like almost a rebirth. And then on top of that, my grandmother, which she was really like sensitive uh, person, I think. And she used to tell me over and over again, uh, in Portuguese, something that calls, uh, meaning those who sing, put the bad stuff away. Uh, and, but I never, like, I, would, I couldn't even sing in a shower. You know, like almost I couldn't even sit in the shower. Then 2020, I did my first concert that I actually sang a song uh, in front of everybody. Um, and, and it felt really good. So I think that process of learning music and starting to sing, it made it a connection with my childhood. Meaning like, I was like, okay, maybe 
this is what I really need to do, but I never really understood. And I was scared. And the way I talk about religion is like, I, I have no problem with people believing in things and having a belief. What I have, it's, and that's what I got mad that day at Chile, is taking the joy out of it. Yes. Of, and saying that this is evil. Yes. You know, like, and that's my real problem with religion. It's like, you just can't do that because look at me. That was like a huge healing process. And the way I came out of, I started coming out of depression and understanding my repression was picking up the guitar and playing, which is meditation for me. It's like, I can lose myself in there. And then I go back uh, uh, when I finish like doing my work, I come back glowing in terms of energy. You know, like I come back 20,000 times more better, like vibrating on a higher level hmm. you know that it's it's incredible it's almost hard to explain you know like and hmm. it's what helped me lift a lot of weight a lot of fear a lot of anger off my back hmm. and that's when i actually decided to write something about it because i was like this this cannot be this gotta stop you know like and right. i didn't know anything on the shaman because my the, the ghostwriter actually asked me one day like what kind of books do you usually read and i like I like to to read autobiographies. I like to understand uh, what people been through. So I therefore I stay away from the Bible. I stay away from a lot of those things because I wanted to experience my own spirituality. And when you say that, it gave me goosebumps because it's like it's everything that I ever that I ever seen it that that I that I became to understanding. But I didn't even know there was a theory behind from the shaman from like from ancient uh, stuff that I had no idea until mm-hmm. now, pretty much. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's that's part of what's going on is um, we, we know how to do these things. We trick ourselves into thinking, uh, and, and there's all, all these sorts of uh, systems that somehow, for some reason, exist that there's systems that are self-created or they're imposed upon us that for some reason suppress this. Yeah. Sometimes it's an illusion. We think it's suppressing us. It's, it's so strange. Um, well, well, maybe I actually saw a, a, a meme the other day that was saying like something about, it was like an ancient picture, uh, ancient uh, Egyptian picture with like the, the infinite thing. And they were saying, like, they make us think that our own knowledge, it's evil. Like, meaning that voice that you have inside of your head, that intuition, that it's evil. But, you know, like, you need to fit into what they're saying, that it's a good, you know. Like, for me, when I launched my first punk rock song for kids, I really thought I was going to be punished some way, somehow, because I really thought that that was evil. And. I remember like I was shaking when I uploaded the video. I I didn't even want to put on Spotify. Uh, I, like I didn't want to put in anything because I was like, this is like, I know I have to do it. It's good for me, mm-hmm. but I'm still seeing myself as somebody evil from, yeah. you know, back in when I was 12, seven years old. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, like I, I think it's something that, I don't know if one was made it purposely or 
or you know like yeah that's a tough one but, <laughs> that's but, a tough one yeah yeah there is it's almost feel like there is something trying to like hey, you can't you shouldn't access the knowledge to keep it you know uh, 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 keep people in that vibra- fearful vibrational or anger vibrational and not allowing them to heal themselves yeah um I go back and forth on that one and that's that's a that's a big one that I'm thinking about I just obviously because we're we're in contact and we're elevating each other we're discussing these things we're when we are at liberty to pursue them yeah. but there's there's definitely a portion of your life story where you un, you had the undeniable sense that this was forbidden <laughs> yes so it's just it's i don't know it's um there's a there's definitely tension there it's um, funny i play i play a lot with i try to joke a little bit with with jesus and the catholic not not to be mean but just like as a correlation and it's funny because one one time i start looking at some stories they they actually say the first thing he said is like you shouldn't mess it with people's free will and and it, by doing that you automatically go against the church pretty much mm. so it's kind of like it, it almost feels like it's a game that is being played you know and mm. and it's just it's it's interesting it's like i don't know if it's was purposely done because if you look at it it's a beautiful plan like <laughs> it's a beautiful way of controlling things uh, with judgment that's why i don't like to use the word god because it feels like at least i grew up uh hearing like well god's gonna god's gonna punish you uh if you keep doing that and then like okay uh but that makes me feel good should i just feel bad and not do it mm. or should i feel good and still do it anyways <laughs> mm. one thing that i wanted to come back because you said your your first kids punk song song was Mr. Sun, which uh, I'm not familiar with. So I, I looked it up um, because it was, it was a bit of a bit of a rebirth. Yeah. You could say with, with this thing. And uh, I'm looking at Mr. Sun and without knowing anything about it and being, you know, like moderately well-versed in, religious history and the history of, of, uh, you know, magical traditions and, and the occult and all that I'm seeing it's an invocation of the sun. Oh, Mr. Sun, Mr. Golden sun, please shine down on me. Oh, Mr. Sun, Mr. Golden sun hiding behind a tree. It's, I could go, I could do a deep dive into how that's the symbolism behind that is actually uh, representative of your rebirth because the sun is the is is a symbol of life because it you know makes the trees grow and it's yeah. you know it's without the sun there's no life right it's an ancient <laughs> I don't know it's pretty clear to me that the it's sun clear, represents, clear, yeah. and then but it the sun dies and is reborn every time and the, the story of death and rebirth is the story of initiation, 
which is also in a very, very fundamentally human story um, and a human action as well, a human ritual. Even in this, within Christianity, you have the death and rebirth story um, and, and initiation, wanna... initiation being like uh, an ordeal that causes the death and rebirth. And it sounds to me like once you get out the other side with as a, as a transformed being, which is what initiation is meant to, to do, is to transform you into somebody new. Uh, your first invocation is to uh, is to cause the sun to come from out of hiding, which is what you're doing. Do you want know you want to be even more puzzled with all of this? I do. <laughs> my my birthday is June twenty first, which is uh, I was born on the south, which is um, uh, it's winter solace in Brazil. Mm. Uh, and I was born on the really dark night, uh, 15 minutes to midnight. Uh, my rebirth happened, like I always knew I wanted to go to the, to the United States, like to move north. My rebirth happened on the summer solace here, which 2012 was my first Reiki on my birthday. I, you know, I, I always wanted to try Reiki and I never tried it. And my wife gave me a present which was a Reiki section in a, in a place on summer solace. And the, the lady even said like, well, it's very smart for you to do a Reiki on smart, uh, summer solace. And on that time, like I had no understanding of anything. I was like, well, I just picked this day because it's my birthday. And then she was like, okay, that's interesting. But, you know, keeps going on. Uh, my son is born. When we are in the NICU, my wife and I, we were like, listen, we are here in the NICU. What we need to take at home because he needs to go out and see the sun. That was like our first thing. Mm -hmm. uh, the sun and blah, blah, blah. At that time, I had bought the guitar. But after he was born, I put the guitar away because I, I was busy. You know, life was going insane with me. And I used to do a lot of air guitar. So my son asked me all the time to do fast songs, right? Uh, but Mr. Sun was the first song that he said, like, do it fast, fast, fast. He can't because he used signs. It's uh, nonverbal. Mm. He, does, he does a lot of signs. And he keep every time Mr. Sun played, he kept me to do and asking. And I was doing air guitar playing for him until, you know, I decided to start really learning the guitar and went back to the School of Rock. And then on that 2020, uh, he asked me to do, and that's that day, uh, which was like at the end of the 40 days of my, my walk through the desert, I pick up the, the guitar and I literally just mimic my air guitar into the guitar. And I created the song, the melody for the song. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, I, I was a little puzzled. And when I started looking at the symbolism of the sun later on, like I didn't go in that like you did in, five minutes but I, I i look at it for like i think there is something in there and that's when the whole idea of the title of my book punk Aste, came in which is a mix set of namaste with punk uh and light and all of that so when i put all together 
it kind of freaks me out sometimes how much the symbolism kind of match, mm. but I never really look into it. And then now that you said, I'm like, okay, if I tell you that story, you're probably going to be even more puzzled with it because mm. I got puzzled just listening to what you said. So uh, uh, it's very interesting uh, uh, thing of me basically invocating the sun and my rebirth being on the north atmosphere uh, uh, of the planet where it's more light and you know and where the sun is shining it's the, the longest day of the year and all of that so it's pretty interesting because mm. it's funny like I, I claim all the time like I talk like I have a lot of like telepathic uh, communication with my son mm. you know like when he was doing the trach uh, surgery I, I was meditating doing the surgery and I saw him on the, the surgery tra tracheotomy the tracheotomy yeah. I saw him on the on the on the operation table he looked at me he's like I'm fine I'll be I'll be done in 10 minutes I I was like this is just my mind so I sat down and I'm waiting on the, on the waiting room so I pressed the, the chronometer like 10 minutes to the dot, the doctor came out. It's like, he's fine. He's awake and he's going to the room. And then I got in the room. He was all proud of the trick, like knocking on his chest like this. So I was like, okay, this is beyond my comprehension, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, just let it go. And that's when I started to learn to be less scared of my sensibility and yeah, yeah. start embracing it instead of being scared. So you're going to complete this book and publish it uh, and you're going to talk about your journey with music and, and uh, how you were able to heal your life in part with music. Um, what's your, what's your plan for the future with, with this, what you've discovered with music and how, what, where are you hoping to take this? And my goal, it's actually to, in my YouTube channel is to actually teach people how to do this, philosophy of inner child revolution, which is like, get your trauma, transform it into something good, which is what I'm doing. Like I'm getting my trauma and transforming it into something that I think it could be value for, for uh, society, which is music for kids, you know, like, especially cause punk rock, it's, you know, kids have only one speed. They're, they're fast all the time. And punk rock is a fast song. So it would be good for them to expand energy, to feel good about themselves, dance like nobody's watching because, you know, you go to heavy metal or punk rock, there's no, like, choreography or anything like that. <laughs> it's fun. You know, it's a ritual. It's a spirit experience. And people, like, people don't really judge about how you look yeah. or anything like that. They're just, like, enjoying themselves. So I thought that in, this could be, you know, a good way to to transform my trauma into something good instead of mm -hmm. feeling bad of my from myself. So basically, the punk rock songs is being the change that I would wish to see in the world, which is a world where rock and roll is not seen as a bad thing. And ACDC is a healing for me. So as I heal myself, I can create songs for kids. I see. Well, I would say that you've, You've already uh, succeeded on your goals, and I think uh, just uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how the book comes comes out and and reading it, 
and seeing what you're you're going to do. Definitely, when this comes out, uh, whatever formats it comes out, uh, there will be links to your website and your YouTube channel and all that. So thank you, I appreciate it. Um, I'm actually looking forward to see your project uh, as well because it's something that uh, uh, music has helped a lot of people uh, throughout the years. So yeah, I think so. the word needs to be out. Uh, you've sort of answered the traditional closing question already many <laughs> times, but I will ask anyway and see what you do with it. Uh, so what should people listen to? Everything that touches their soul. That's, that's how I like to. Actually, my blog, and it's funny, one of my closing questions on my blog that I do, which you're going to receive your questions soon, it's what touches your soul? Uh, and, you know, like... In many ways, there, there's many things. So I think I, I had a, a, a recently uh, music instructor, which he's, he's a death metal guy. Like you look at him, you would think that he's scary and stuff like that. Uh, but one day we were talking about music and I said something about Limbiscus. He's like, I don't like those guys. But he, he said something like, listen, you like what you like. Hmm. And that's that's what it is like you can't really change that when you listen to something then you're like oh my god this is it this is, touches my soul so deeply and that's what you should listen to it um, basically it's like the songs that give you goosebumps mm -hmm. that's what you need to listen to because that's where you're really gonna touch your soul uh, in a ways that no, not everybody will understand but this is what you should listen to it. Hmm. Good. I think I think a lot of people uh, in health and in everything they put the soul just like I did. They put a soul to the side instead of listening to it. And I just learned it today that you know you can actually uh, uh, sing a song or you know you can catch your soul with a song as you explain it. Um, so I think. Yeah, you should listen to something that touches and in this way you can get in touch with your soul again and this way find your purpose in life. Mm. So listen to whatever touches your soul. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. I really appreciate this conversation. It was uh, elevating for me and sounds like I did my job and elevated you as well. So I'm proud of for that. Sure. I think it was mutual here because I learned some things that, uh, and I made some connections with our conversation that I really weren't expecting it. <laughs> and there it is again, eh? The theme of music and medicine. For Richard and his son, this is not just a, a cool idea, some abstraction or theory to be debated about. It's a very real and immediate experience. Richard and his son in real time witness and are benefited by the motivating power of music. It's no wonder Richard has thrown himself into his punk rock mission. And so this podcast salutes Richard's mission. The punk in me honors the punk in Richard. So those are my reflections. I wonder what yours are. It has been suggested to me by a listener that 
I consider ways of facilitating participation among the listenership. If this is a sentiment you share, I want to invite you to go to musicmeaningandmystery.ca. I will be putting up one blog article for each episode of this podcast. You will be able to engage myself and other listeners in the comment section. However, as interested as I am in reading your comments, I find that my invitation to you does not satisfy what I truly desire. I'm thinking of more ways to create some sort of chamber for musicians and listeners of the podcast to resonate with one another. How is it that you would like to do this? We could do live streams or video conference, perhaps a chat or voice server, maybe a local meetup? Probably too soon to do that. Perhaps some special episodes made up of various voicemails sent in from listeners. Maybe all of these options appeal to you. Maybe only some of them or none of them. What do you think? Some of the options will be more realistic than others, given that this podcast is still in its germinal stage. But all this talk of community in the discussions with my guests, it only feels right to invite your contribution. We'll start with the comments section at musicmeaningandmystery.ca and grow from there.